goes. Welcome to Tassel Talks. Oh, we're gonna have to work on that. We're gonna yeah, have to work on that, Blake. We'll get there. It's already <laughs> episode two, and we have a special guest. It is episode two. I'm Katie Capshaw, and my wonderful co-host is. Oh yes, Blake Hopper. Blake Hopper, the one and only, the famous. And today it's episode two. We want to thank everyone who's been listening. We've got some good listeners, some followers. Be sure to like and subscribe and all those things. And Blake, you want to introduce our special guest today? Yes, it is Miss Caitlin Jarnigan, our fabulous Tassel president. She's so excited. Hello. Yay. I'm here. It's our, my first podcast. And you're our first guest on this podcast. Woo-hoo! All the firsts. How exciting. Yes, Caitlin is our 2023 president of the Tennessee Association of School Librarians. And we are so happy to have you with us on our podcast today. Thanks for letting me crash. Crash your party. It It is is a party. party. You have to bring your drink. I got my Coke. If you didn't know. My Stanley Cup. If you didn't know Stanley Cup, all the trend. If you didn't know. Uh, we have a members uh, mark water bottle from uh, Sam. <laughs> if you didn't know, I'm obsessed with Coke, so I've got it here. Yeah, the way to the key to Blake's heart is through Coke. And, and I would love to have a Stanley Cup if anyone wants to send me one or if they want to sponsor us. I will show it every time on the podcast. I'll hold it up and you can be a sponsor. So we do shout need out. a sponsor. <laughs> we need lots of sponsors. <laughs> Who wants to sponsor us? We'll find we'll find someone. Okay. So I'm excited the, um, to start this episode too. This has been so fun, Blake, for us to podcast and for people to actually listen. I hope they enjoyed it and learned something. Oh, and I brought it up in Alabama when I was with my Alabama friends last week. So shout out oh. to the Alabama Association of School Librarians. I told them, and they might be listening. So Hello, Alabama. Yes, Alabama. Blake, I was a former Alabamian. Yeah, Alabamian. There you go. <laughs> former Alabamian. 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 Oh. That's hard to say. Yes, it is. I think we should say Alabamite. That's more fun. Oh, no. <laughs> Sounds very biblical. <laughs> Alabamites. Well, anywho, welcome if you're from Alabama on here. Tell us about that, Blake. You were a famous keynote speaker at the at Alabama School Library Association. Nice. We are the Tennessee Association of School Librarians. They are the Alabama School Library Association. Okay. So they were crazy enough to contract me to come be their day two keynote. Neat. My first ever keynote experience, yes. And how was it? Um, It went well, I think. In my head, it did. They might not think so, but they gave me a, they gave me some money. So okay, that's, well, that's why I did okay. So I we think had he's selling himself short. He's like, I'm not famous. I'm nobody. I am. Come nobody. on, we've got the traveling library in here. The one and only. How many fangirls were there? Ooh, I forgot Tell the, the truth. Uh, oh man, I have missed opportunity. I should have sent Jennifer a button. Right. Yeah. We got to sell those well, buttons. Jennifer was a great host. She was. So if she's listening. You are a great host. Hello, Jennifer. 
he ran a great conference. We know what that's like. All three of us know what that's like. We do. Been there, done that. Bought awesome. the t-shirt. Yes, it was a great conference. Alabama people are nice. <laughs> they are, even if they like Alabama. Yeah. Well, some of them might like Auburn, though. Like That's Miss better. Peyton. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was good, though. And good. I think that I would like to do some more. So if you ever need us, holla. Yeah, I'm available. 100%. I'm not as famous as the traveling librarian, but I would love to pick up some followers on the Insta. So feel free to follow me there at Miss Capshaw Books. She creeped over 200. I did. I was so excited. I'm on my way to 2,000. Yeah. I crept over 6,000. And I'm supposed to be at 10K so I can have that K on there by December. Um, By December. Nice. I I bet meeting all those Alabamians helped. They did. It added me about 100. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, but it was good. So awesome. Well, we're proud of you. We're proud to know you. And we're, we need to sell those buttons at ASL, Caitlin. All three of us. ASL. Hint, hint. So register for ASL. Yeah. Be sure to register for ASL. It's going to be great in Tampa. Session. If we can get our act together. Yeah, I think we talked will. about it. We're yeah. going to do it. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. That's right. If they accept us. We have to submit something first. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have maybe to. when we're done podcasting, we can figure that out. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, enough chitter chatter. Let's talk to Caitlin since she's our special guest. Hopefully we'll do a good job and then other people will want to be on the podcast. We won't scare them away. Oh, Amy Herman from the school library uh United. What is it? School Library United, United mm-hmm. School. Yes, I think so. She's going to judge me. She said she'd like to be on her podcast. Oh, awesome. She was very impressed that we had started a podcast. Nice. Good for us. Okay, well, we'll have to add her to the list. It's growing. So many people want to be on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Caitlin, welcome. Caitlin Jernigan. And uh, why don't you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm a librarian in Nashville. I work for uh, Metro Schools. And I've been a librarian there for almost seven years, and I've been at the same school the whole time. Um, And that was actually my first library job. So I don't really know a different school, a different library, because that's really the only place I've been. Um, I did grow up in Alabama. What? It's a super nice library. I've been to it. Yes, Blake's been to it. Um, I grew up in Alabama. I went to Auburn for my undergrad, and I went to the University of West Alabama, for my master's um so yeah and I so I live in Nashville I have a cat who's currently sleeping over there <laughs> he may make an appearance later depends on if he wakes up or not we always love it when he makes an appearance yep and I my favorite way to read books is to listen to them I love audiobooks Libby is the best so agreed agreed yep all right, Blake, it's your turn to ask a question. We practice this and everything. All right. Yes, yes. I have to pull it up here. So I have to keep him on track, y'all. Here we go. This is a big one. Ooh. How did you become a school librarian? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, I was a classroom teacher first. Um, I taught two years. 
two years in the classroom. I have to think about that for a second. So I didn't teach for very long. I taught fourth grade and I taught second grade, but I realized that the classroom was not for me. It just, it, it wasn't, I didn't do well there. I just, it just was not for me. And, but I still loved school and education and kids. And so I wanted to stay like in the school environment. And so I, even my very first year of teaching, I talked to the librarian at my school and I was like, I'm going to be a librarian sometime. Like, I think, I think that might be where I might end up. And so I kind of asked her a couple questions and a couple of years went by and I still hadn't done anything about it. And, um, I eventually started getting my master's and the very first interview I had out of school was the job I ended up getting. So awesome. It really worked out perfectly. So I'm really, and I'm really happy. Well, that just like, and, and the thing was, and the thing is I didn't grow up loving to read Mm. like that came later. And so I think I want to try, I wanted to try to help kids learn to love to read earlier because I feel like I missed a lot not reading until I guess Harry Potter was one of those books that I read like Mm -hmm. that like really got me so but I found it like later like high school so Mm -hmm. I think that's I wanted you know to get kids to read earlier. You make a good point because you know what it's like not to be a reader so you Mm -hmm. That makes you stronger to be able to try to get other kids hooked on reading. So sometimes, yeah. that's cool. you know, like they'll say, if you weren't a good math student, usually those are your best math teachers because they understand how to reach the kids that aren't good math. Yeah, students. good point. I didn't so, even think about that. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Um, my question leads right to that. What's the best thing about being a school librarian? I really love to getting to know all the kids in the school. Like in the, in the classroom, you only have 20 kids or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have them all year long. And sometimes you get a little sick of them and that's okay. It <laughs> happens, so true, <laughs> but so I really enjoy getting to know everybody Yeah, and seeing them grow from kindergarten to fourth grade. That's like one of my favorite parts. I was looking for a picture in my phone the other day and I saw a picture that I took of a kid who in, at the time was in kindergarten and now he's in third grade I was like oh my gosh he looks like such a baby it was it was I was like oh my gosh it's the best part <laughs> just watching yeah. them grow and watching them learn and you know it's great it could also make you feel old because my first group that I had in fourth grade are now out of high school yeah <clears throat> my very first class that I taught right out of school was fourth graders and now they're sophomores or juniors in college and I'm like oh gosh <laughs> yeah so my first kids that I taught they're teaching oh there you go have been for a while so they're, <laughs> they're, they're possible they're moms and dads and well I taught eighth grade so they get through there pretty quick when you teach them when they're a little bit older but yeah I remember when I first saw one of my former students went back to our school and taught art and I was like oh that's so sweet I love it and I have several students that have become teachers so that's cool and most of them back in that same town 
which is also cool. Um, I love that answer. I think it's fun. I, I enjoy that too. I don't know about you, Blake, but I have sixth, seventh and eighth graders. So there's a huge difference between a sixth grader and an eighth grader, like a kindergartner and a fourth grade. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, y'all were so cute in sixth grade. What happened but by the time they get to eighth grade? But <laughs> it is fun to see those little tiny short sixth grade boys become these huge mm-hmm. eighth grade boys with these deep voices. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and because I was a ball coach, so that, I definitely got to see all that go down. So when they was down at the end of the court there comparing their armpit hair and such, it's always a nice. Oh, nice. There. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. But Caitlin and I have a lot in common too, though, because we're both like, there's very few of us. Um, I do know a librarian on Instagram, Lacey Librarian. She is K-4 and then Caitlin and I are both K-4 and we both taught fourth grade. So yeah, we have lots in common. Like I can bounce ideas off of her because she, she gets me. So. I know, and we we kind of figured out that not a lot of people who are like on the tassel board and just like mm-hmm. yeah. in tassel leadership are elementary. It's mm-hmm. mostly me and Blake. Let's see who else yeah. is elementary. Um, uh, I'm not looking at a list right now. The shepherd. Oh, yeah. is she? Oh, that's right. She's like K six. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. That's fun that we have that in common. So, which talking of board. Why did you accept the Tassel uh, presidency position here? Who twisted your arm? <laughs> yeah. Why in the world would you want such a job? Well, oh. you want to know who it was? It was Vicky. If you're mm. listening, Vicky. <laughs> um, well, I just, I felt like I could do something, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just, mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't even know what it is. It was just. I wanted to be involved and that just seemed like the next mm-hmm. step was to, you know, be in a leadership position. And I started out as an area rep. Um, I did that, I think for two or three years, two, I, um, I lost count. Um, so I was an area rep first. And so I got to see the board, go to the meetings and kind of see what goes on behind the scenes. Cause I feel like it's not like a secret what we do, but just not a lot of people just know what goes on right behind the scenes and so I kind of enjoyed looking behind the scenes and so I was just like well I guess I could I can I could do that (laughs) summer PD you and I were summer PD that's right yeah so I started out as um an area rep so it's a great way to get in there if you Mm -hmm. are interested I was an area rep and I um helped with the strategic planning committee one year I did summer PD with Blake. I was the awards chair for conference. I organized the bookstore for conference two years. Um, so I did like a couple different things on a couple different committees before I got the, um, well, I filled out a form that said I was interested, but the form on the form, I said I was interested in secretary. <laughs> not sure if I was ready for president and president-elect yet, but uh, you Vicky had faith in me, I guess. So she asked there me if I go. would consider being president instead, president-elect and then president. So, yeah, well, you were involved in a lot of things. I think that is the the key to getting to the top, I guess, as you say, is to be involved in some things behind the scenes so you can see how it works. I, too, was summer PD chair, so for like a hundred years, it felt like (laughs) for a really long time. 
and did, I did some other things. I was part of strategic planning and different um, finance committee and different committees. And it's a great way just to get your feet wet and see how the board works. Yeah. You don't even have to chair it. You just be on it and help out and contribute yeah. ideas. That's a great way to do it. Like you don't have to be the chair of anything if yeah. you aren't ready. So if you're yeah. interested in doing any kind of anything on the tassel board, tassel committee, shoot us an email. Yeah. Are comment there, on, you know, let us know. Are there any positions? Any what? Open positions right now? Yeah, you got any open positions? Yes. So we right now we do have the advocacy chair currently open. Um, That's a great. We might have a bunch of people on it that will help you. Yeah, there's a bunch of people on it that kind of have their own committees or have been on the committee before, but we just need somebody to chair it and kind of be the face of it. Um, But there's always open um spaces on the conference committees i know that's what uh dustin our president-elect dustin hensley is working on right now is filling committees for conference so if you want to help with conference you can let him know um those are the only like openings but if you want to like help out with micro-credential committee yeah awesome you want to help out with we can put you want to help out if you want to be a mentor if you want to be a men- if you want to be men- mentored, if you want to be a mentee, we can get you into contact with Caitlin and Courtney, and they are in charge of our newly revived mentor mentorship program. Which is important because sometimes librarianship can be a little lonely. Yeah, I had a mentor my very first year. It was through my district, but it was a life changer. Like I don't think I could have done half the stuff I ended up doing without her. Like. She came one day and helped me set up my book fair. She came, she, I went to her school and she helped me do my first book order. So like, even just like as small as like texting and emailing each other to like, actually like going to your school, if you can, like mm-hmm. just helping out with something, it, it makes a difference. For sure. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Well, why don't you talk to us about what your goals are for Tassel this year during your presidency? So my goal is to have nothing legislation happening. <laughs> wow. That's a great Leave goal. Alone, please. Set that goal too. Leave us Ooh, alone, please. We're just trying to do our job. <laughs> um, no. Um, we will definitely be keeping an eye on the legislative legislative stuff, just because you never know what's going to happen, and we just want to make sure that you know we are able to do our jobs. We are able to give books to kids because that's that's our job so um but the other goal that I have is to try to put a few more things like behind the paywall of Mm. of tassel just kind of try to beef up your benefits of membership so I've got a I've got some ideas um we're gonna you know flip some ideas at our board meeting this weekend but um I just wanted to make sure that everybody that member, you know, tassel members have everything that they can. So that's that's my that's one of my goals. That's so awesome. Goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. We started talking about that last year, but I'm excited to see you implement those ideas and come up with some really good ones. I think that's great. Yep. And we're excited that you said yes. I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> I'll never forget um, my first year at Tassel conference I made friends with another brand new person we both had this 
button or sticker or whatever that said, this is my first time. And we started chatting at the vendor reception. And um, the next year she caught me and she was like, wait a minute, didn't you just get here? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you were just on the stage in the business meeting announcing the summer PD. She was like, how did you do that? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) And I was like, well, truly, I just said yes. I talked to somebody. I talked to Blake, which is always a mistake, friends. Don't talk to Blake. (laughs) Yes, talk to Blake. I talked to Blake and we just chatted. And the next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call asking me to be the chair of a committee. So be careful who you talk to. But that's really all you have to do is just say yes. It's not it's not rocket science. Yeah. Speaking of summer PD, Blake, making some progress. I am making progress on summer. Look PD. at the president keeping you in line. I know, right? So I, I know have, he's been working. Finalizing. <laughs> um the locations i called out the west people and east people because they hadn't signed up for anything you did call them out and they responded i had lot of west people respond not so many east people so that's good because i feel like we have all of our participation comes from the east and the middle and the west where are you guys they they, Come they join us they email me i have like five or six people Good, awesome. um hopefully i'll have those finalized by the middle of the month and right. then um i can get that sent out and then hopefully i'll be doing a call for presenters at the beginning of march i do have the virtual day set i've not even told you this caitlin mm. it is set for june 8th 2023 mm. uh, the thursday um so um We'll all be working together again to um, do that. Usually we have two Zooms going because we have so many sessions. So Caitlin and Katie or whoever will have to man a computer and I'll man a computer. Oh, and- I think I'm busy on that day. I mean, uh, I am doing summer school this summer, so I will have to uh, oh, take a break from summer school to help out. But I am not doing I can do that. School. I'm not doing summer gosh, school. Gosh. I'm sure it'll be available. Um, okay, well, good. So we'll do that, and then we'll have the different sites. Um, I think we're up to probably, we'll probably have about nine or ten uh, throughout the wow, state. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, then, I'll, like I said, I'll do the call presenters in March, and then we'll get to work on um, getting those scheduled out. So um, it'll shape up to be pretty good, I think. I think it'll be a great time um i know that there's going to be some in murfreesboro um i know that there's going to be some in memphis some in jackson um i know there's one in maryville um chattanooga um johnny sue said that she would agree to do one in upper east tennessee so there'll be one in the tri-state area awesome Um, so i think there's one in knox county um she's not got back to me yet but so I think we'll have a really good time. I think it'll be good. Awesome. Ooh, it sounds like we can have a great tour of the state and yes, shopping cool. along the way. Yep. And be at Ikea. and <laughs> Awesome. Well, another tassel announcement. Um, in addition to summer PD, I mean, I'm looking forward to summer. So let's talk about it. But is the bookmark contest. This is great advocacy for tassel. It's part of the ag- advocacy chair. Um, or 
committee. I can never say advocacy correctly. It's hard. Advocacy. This is just a great way to get the word out about school librarians, school libraries, I should say. Let your library leak. Yes, let your library leak. <laughs> um, be leaky. So this year's theme is read, learn, and explore at your school library. And if you go to our website, you can find the templates that um, I have to find the date that it is due. Hold March on. March 3rd? March 3rd. I know it's in March. Um, so you want to get your kiddos into that contest right away. I know I had a student a couple of years ago who was... Um, well, I don't want to say an issue, but he had some issues, but he loved to do art. And so that was a big thing was to get him involved in the contest. Um, and I ran a school level contest. And so he was my school level winner and I gave him a prize for that. And he didn't even know he didn't place at the state. He just thought he was the best. So that's a great way to do it too, is to maybe have a school level contest or grade level contest. You know, you can always use those book fair posters or books or pens or whatever. Give them a little prize. I think I, think I let them shop at the book fair. I think that was my gift. I think it's a great way. It's a, it's a fun way. I think it's a fun thing we do. I don't know of other associations that do it. So I think it's really good. And uh, we need to thank Krista Grace for being willing to head that up. Yes. Thank, thank you, Krista, for stepping up. It is great. I know one of the girls at an EA at my school her daughter, her granddaughter was at our elementary school next door and she placed and was super excited and wanted to make sure she gave me a bookmark, which I thought was so sweet. Yes, yeah, so we will print the winning bookmarks mm-hmm. and they will be available at conference. And yes. large ones. winners get the large ones. Mm. Yes, yep. the winner gets the big ones. It's so cool. So be sure to participate in that. That's an awesome, and you do have to be a TASEL member in order for your kids to participate. Yep. That is the only prerequisite. What else do we have, Blake? Uh, Let's see. We've got librarians of the month to announce. Uh, We got a little clogged up, but we've got that clog taken care of and getting this all out. We have (laughs) Trent uh, Mealy's. From East Tennessee, if I said your name incorrectly, please let us know how to pronounce it and we will get that fixed. Uh, Ooh, good job, also have, uh, from Middle Tennessee, Tiffany Norbeck. And from awesome. West Tennessee, Sarah O'Connor. Awesome. So um, every month we send out that form, uh, Brandy Hartzell or myself, we send it out. And so make sure to nominate you nominate someone. It doesn't have to be a member. We'd love for them to join, but it doesn't have to be. And it's just a great way to recognize school librarians across the state. We'll email your principal and not let them know. So that way you don't feel like you're having to toot toot too much and it gets their attention to that. So yeah, so congratulations to this month's school librarians of the month. Is that January or is that February? That's January. February's is out right now. Perfect. Awesome. So be sure to nominate for February. Yep. That is fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, that takes care of our tassel um, announcements and our special guest is going to hang out with us while we continue on. Book talks. Woo-hoo. So what have you been reading, Blake? I just actually saw on the list. I finished an audiobook. Um, if you've not 
read the history smashers by kate messner you don't have them in your library mm-hmm. i suggest mm-hmm. getting them. i really like those i did the underground railroad one um because i thought i'm gonna be the head of the game i'm gonna book talk this and i can show the kids the book i don't have that book in my library so i've got to order oh, no. it but i have there's one about the mayflower there's one about pandemics so there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different ones. so mm-hmm. definitely get that one's a quick read good read but also read um how did we decide to say that chupa chupa carter yes chupa carter so chupa carter is by george lopez it's a good upper elementary middle school read if you've ever watched the george lopez show the book sounds like the george lopez show so what happens is (laughs) old george has to go to a new school because he gets into so much trouble his mom sends him to live with his grandparents and while he's there this creature which about you comes out and scares him and then he goes to tell his grandparents they don't believe him but then throughout the story we realize that george really needs a friend carter really needs a friend because carter's been separated from his family so mm-hmm. they become friends well one night they were running through the forest around across the road and george almost gets hit by his new principal carter pushes him out of the way so then the principal realizes this creature's there so the creature goes on or the principal goes on the hunt for this creature because he wants to mount him and um so they have to go through saving carter but george also learns the importance of friendship and carter does as well so it's a heartwarming story a little bit funny so uh i enjoyed it and i think y'all probably will too it has it has picture like illustrations throughout the chapter book too so that kind of helps oh nice helps them and then the last thing that i read well i've read other things but the last thing i wanted to highlight is ghost let go it's a new winter book it's a everyone book a picture book so out the story a little boy sledding and he runs into stuff and he'll say oh no and they hit a snowman or a moose or whatever and all these things collect in their sled and then they go and then they think they're okay and then the snowflake falls on the sled and makes it fall down and then they don't ever want to go on the sled again but they enjoy their hot chocolate it's a good fun winter book my kinders loved it they laughed throughout the whole story so <laughs> i love it there's a few that i've read the last one yes that's awesome what about you, Katie? Well, I just finished up book two in a series, um, the Amari series by B.B. Alston, um, who he did. Amari and the Night Brothers is the first book, and that actually won the VSBA last year, um, yep. which, you know, B.B., if you're listening, could you return my email? <laughs> trying to get him to respond to... Please. Our invite. (laughs) I know. I need to get him on Twitter because he responds on Twitter. All right. Um, But I love Amari. I don't know if either of you have read Amari, but I tell my kids she's, if you love Harry Potter, you will love Amari. She is um, a girl who lives in Atlanta. She is African American living in, I would say, probably uh, a lower socioeconomical um, area. Um, and she is searching for her brother in the first book. He has gone missing. He is a genius and he is her hero and he has gone missing. And in their process of fight, of looking for him, um, someone comes to visit her and takes her to this school for, or it's a summer camp and where she realizes that it's the supernatural world that her brother is a part of that she never knew existed. And in fact, realizes that she is a magician, which is illegal in Mm. the supernatural world to be a magician. 
And so this whole thing transpires between her and another kid and they become partners and they're trying to fight supernatural crime. And the whole time she's trying to find her brother and this other boy, his name is Dylan, his sister, because Amari's brother and Dylan's sister were partners as well in the supernatural world. They were junior agents. Um, so it's very exciting. There's lots of twists and turns and magic and also in the, in the regular world too. So similar to Harry Potter. Um, I struggle sometimes with fantasy. That's completely a made up world, keeping track of all the made up things. Um, but I enjoy one that has some, one foot in the regular world and one foot in the magical world that makes it easier for me. And so I really enjoy Amari. And then I just finished the second book, Amari and the Great Game and Amari and Dylan become enemies and, but they still want to be friends. So there's this whole, and she, you know, she does find her brother, but he's in a coma. And so they're trying to figure this all whole thing out. So I highly recommend Amari and the Night Brothers, Amari and the Great Game. And I think the third book is coming out this year. So it left, both of them are cliffhangers at the end, which you just got to love and hate at the same time, especially when the next book isn't out yet. So I'm excited to, um, now I did read all of the second book, but the first book I actually listened to part of it and then I had to read the rest. So it's kind of a back and forth thing. So I do like to listen to books as well. So I highly recommend that for your middle schoolers and upper elementary too, if especially if they're into Harry Potter, it's more of a modern version. And especially if girls, I think will really relate to Amari, but even boys that I've given it to, if they like that sort of thing, they like, they like her as well. Yeah. I was going to say my fourth graders are enjoying it. Um, I, I bought it for them and they've really, they really like it. It's one of our battle of the books books as well. Yes. Yep. And it's really awesome to see a character of color that yes. is not just fighting uh injustice she those things do come up and the fact that she is a minority and these types of things and living in a lower class area but that's not the the key of the story like the main part of the story is this whole other really cool plot so i love that too so look for that and then um the only other thing is this year, I did that Facebook thing where it was like, tell me some grown-up books to read. Tell me some books to read. And I finally started, I started one that was on my list and I'm struggling to get through it, but I'm going to get through it eventually because a friend gave me the book for my birthday last year. But the one that I started listening to that I was really excited about is The Personal Librarian. And it's a story, it's fiction, it's historical fiction, it's a story of and I still haven't figured out like if this was a true, based on a true story, but it's this um, woman who becomes the personal librarian for J.P. Morgan oh. in like the early turn of the century, 1900s in New York City. And mm-hmm. she, yeah, I'm going to give a little bit of it away. Little, so if, you, if you're going to like read this book, maybe close your ears. What do we call this? Uh, Wait, uh- Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So she is actually um, African-American, but she looks white. And so she is, um, she is telling everyone that she's white. So this very, and this is the whole like story so far is this whole thing with inside of her of, you know, this struggle to be who she is 
or to just be who she's not so that she can fit in because she's very light-skinned and they changed their name and made up this story about being Portuguese and so it's very interesting so far I've just started it I am listening to it because I can't get a hold of a copy in like paper form (laughs) (laughs) so um, I'm listening to it it's super 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 interesting so it's the personal librarian um, so if you're looking for a grown, it's a grown-up read so far, but it's really interesting. Um, it's by Marie Benedict. Yeah. What's the book that you're struggling to get through, Katie? Um, oh, let's see. It's called The Hiding Place. Oh, I, uh, I think it's by Corey Ten Boone. I don't know that one. So it's interesting, but it's like the background of just like getting the whole background started. I'm just trying to get into it, so. I'll get there. <laughs> so that's that's my big long book talk spiel. Well, I do have a book. While you were talking about a book, I thought of I remembered a book that I read recently. Yeah, it was about uh, two months ago or so. Um, friend of Tassel, Alan Gratz, his new new newest book, uh, Two Degrees. Okay. I read Two Degrees. I listened to it. And it follows three different kids. Mm-hmm. They're all about, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And they're in three different parts of the world. So there's a girl who lives in Northern California, a boy who lives in like Northern Canada. And then I forget where the last person lives. <laughs> oh no, I forgot. I forgot where the last person lives, but it talks about, um, it's a climate, it's a book about climate change and how- okay um the planet rising just two degrees causes all these things to happen oh I remember it's a girl in Miami they're, they're oh, okay. girl in Miami and so um like in the girl in California there's a forest fire or you know wildfire the um boy in Canada um polar bears even though they're always like around during like the winter they're coming earlier and staying longer so the climate hmm. they're um they come looking for I think they come looking for food at the certain lake or something and it's taking longer for it to melt and so oh, no. something like that and then in Miami there's a flood or a, or there's a hurricane mm-hmm. and floods and so just the you know how climate change is is affecting a lot of different things in a lot of different ways so it's just about you know three kids trying to get through that and in true Alan Gratz form they're all connected in some way so oh I always love that part yeah to figure out how and going. and if if you have read refugee there's a little bit of a oh connection to refugee so I've have read, read that yep I've read but it I've not read two degrees I, I did also read a high school book recently go for it because I have Um, have some adult books too go ahead since we don't have a high school person with us today um it's not a super new book but it was a new Netflix series or movie I think it's the summer I turned pretty by Jenny Han I did read those so I read it because my middle schoolers keep asking for it and my understanding is the movie is not quite middle school appropriate um yeah it's a show it's like show yeah it might be a little more high school-ish um and it's definitely a high school book but it is pretty tame it's it's very tame book is very 
the first one. I, I think there's a series though, right? There is, there is a series. I've read all three. Sometimes it gets worse as the I series goes think... on, but um, so I, I think it was, I think it would be cute. fine. I think it would be fine. It was a cute story about a girl who goes to a summer house every year with her family and her mom's best friend's family. And she's been in love with the boys from the other family since she was a little girl. And now she's finally a teenager, like 15, I think. Mm -hmm. And they finally notice her. And, but it's more about the, the drama of some family health things that are going on and really turned different than I thought it would. So I liked that part of it. It was interesting. It's definitely like a cute romance high school book. not normally something I would be super into, but I re I read it for my kiddos and I have a copy. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it in the library because I felt pretty good about it. I'm about to run out of battery. So I'm going to go get my charger and I will be cool. right back. Well, we are going to move into our next segment, unless you have something else to share, Blake. Oh, no. I'm good. You all read all these adult books and I'm over here just barely making it through my elementary <laughs> books. You all put me to shame. I must be a bad librarian. I really don't read that many li- adult books. I'm just trying to read uh, all one these- a month. I need to. That's probably what I need to do. But all these adults are talking about on Facebook. And I was like, they probably think, why is Blake not giving us recommendations? Well, Blake don't read adult books. Like I said, the last podcast, the first adult book I read was Where the Crawdads Sing. It was a good one too, though. I enjoyed it. It's a little smutty, but it's all right. <laughs> a little smutty. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot either. I have to get, I had to get recommendations from other grownups because I read middle school books all the time. And an occasional YA book just for kicks. Let's talk about programming. It's our next segment. Do 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 programming. <laughs> so something that I started this month was well, I'll talk about two things. I have done the the hashtag TNT Reads campaign. Ever since I've been at TNT, I did it when I was at Powell Valley too. Um, I stole the idea when I was in library school from um, Amy Wheatley, but her last name is not Wheatley anymore. Mm. I don't remember. Anywho, she did it. So what I do with that is everything that I put on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias, I hashtag at TNT Reads. And then I make TNT Reads posters throughout the school. And um, it's of kids I've caught reading randomly. I'll even have adults send me pictures of kids reading like our PE teacher caught some kids reading today and sent it to me. So I'll make those into posters and I'll post them on the school website. I post them on the library website. Uh, Side note, your kindergartners will think that these kids are missing um, in fact, they <laughs> really upset about it. So upset they go to the principal wanting to know why all these kids are missing. Uh, so That's that great. is, I know, yes, but yeah, my other program, yeah, and they want they want to see themselves up there. They really like it. Oh, okay. and the other thing I started was the recommendation cart. So one side of the cart is student recommendations. One cart is. Uh, one side of the card is staff recommendations. Mm-hmm. I have a bucket with uh, stars on there and a pen. They put who is recommended by, stick it in like a bookmark, and there you go. I've had adults out of the library. It gets those teachers and staff members in there. Students are excited if they don't if they're like we don't know what to read. Go to the recommendation card or pull something out of the go fish jar. So now you've got lots of options to choose from. Um, you'll be really surprised at how much your staff 
um, really gets into it. When I sent out the email in January, I had them coming in and out the whole month uh, doing recommendations. So I love it. Really like that. Uh, what you got going on? That's awesome. Well, I am doing the, this is not anything new, um, the ever popular book tasting. Not uh, anything I'll new. Mm-hmm, I'll do that. Um, I've done it a few times and I must say I have not been wildly successful in the past. And I've shied away from it because it wasn't wildly successful. And I felt bad because everyone's always talking about how great their book tastings were. And so I decided to try again. I'm at a new school this year and we've rearranged the whole library and the kids are really interested in reading, but struggling to, you know, get out of their comfort zone, so to speak, of reading. You know, kids love to go back to the same things they know. They go to the graphic novels, they go to the humor, they go to the scary, or they read the same book over and over again that their teacher read to them in fourth grade because Mm -hmm. it's safe. So in the past I've done book, so I'm going to just talk about like do's and don'ts of book tasting in middle school. That's why I'm going to give you some just bare bones ideas. So in the past, I've done it to where each table is a different genre and the kids move from table to table. I'm going to say, don't do that. <laughs> that is that I recommend you not do that because it, first of all, it takes a lot of time. And for me, I, they come with their, with their ELA teacher. So we're on a limited time. If I get 45 minutes with them, I'm lucky. It's usually about 30, between 30 and 45. Plus we have to do checkout. So it takes a lot of time and then there's a lot of chaos moving from table to table. So, and then they just kind of run wild and go to any old table. So that was hard. Um, So I would not recommend that. I, this time put, just picked five genres that are not the most popular. I had five tables at every chair, chairs at every table. five chairs at every table and each place had a different genre. And then I put some extra books on the table of each genre as well, just in case they didn't like that particular one. And then I just said, okay, open your books and read. I gave them a couple minutes. And then I said, okay, if you like it, write it down. And I made little bookmarks with the five genres and some lines. And so they wrote the title under the genre And then they just rotated the books. It was great because it was quiet. There was no getting up and moving around. So making a lot of noise. Not that our library has to be quiet, but it just moved a lot faster. And then I kept them on track. The first couple of days, I let them decide when to rotate. And that just kind of got chaotic. So I would just let them read for a couple of minutes. And then we would just move until we did all five. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really successful. They actually read. They took a lot of the books that were on the tables. I sort of explained the genres for a minute. Um, And then I went around to the tables, especially if I had kind of a chatty table and I either sat with them or stood there and picked up a book randomly and just kind of read along too. And that was fun. I learned, I saw a whole lot of books that I don't have never read that were super interesting. And a couple of the teachers joined in too. Um, and sat down and, and tried out some different books with them. So that was, that was good. So um, do you do but, new books or do you just, do you randomly just get books out of your collection? Well, I just got random books because I don't have enough new books. 
Uh-huh. And I don't have enough of one genre to do all 1200 kids okay. with okay. one genre, if that makes sense. So I just was going to do eighth grade, but then it was so good. I just decided I'm going to continue this week with seventh grade and next week with sixth grade. The Ooh. eighth graders are about to do um, the Holocaust in their curriculum. Okay. So when I did historical fiction, I only pulled World War II and Holocaust books and told them that. And they took a lot of those too, but they took a lot of genres they don't normally. And one day, one student even said, he stopped me and he said, thank you so much for introducing me to this book. Oh, and, and your I, um, heart grew by three sizes. It did. My library and heart just expanded so much. It was precious. And uh, a couple of other things I would not do with middle schoolers. I bought the plastic table costs from the $1.25 store. I would not do that. Why? Because they rip them up with their pencil and such? They do. At the end, ah. it looked like monsters had sat at the table. I thought, I knew that was going to happen, but I thought it would last more than a period, you thought it or, a period or a day, and it did not. So I just kept them on through all of eighth grade, but they just got worse and worse and worse. And there's like black plastic things everywhere. So I took them off today and I used our poster maker to make placemats and I laminated them and I set them on the table. It is not as pretty as a tablecloth. It is not as eye-catching as a tablecloth, but it will be less messy. The only other thing I could think of was maybe if you have some money and invest in those nicer tablecloths with the felt on the bottom. Because the other thing was I had to straighten them after every time and that was annoying. I tried taping them and they didn't stay. So that's my tip. Don't do tablecloths with middle schoolers. They have done a good job of leaving my centerpieces alone for the most part. Um, the first time I ever did it, they poked all the styrofoam out of the little plants I had um, a few years ago. This year, they managed to leave them alone mostly. But I got better plants, if that makes sense. They were already on my shelf. I just put them on the center. Um, so that's my other don't tablecloths don't do it any other suggestions I did it uh with when I did middle school and it went well I did I bought rolls of tablecloths from Amazon it was the red and white um checkered what's it called whatever you know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah mm-hmm. uh, it lasted pretty well and then I used uh my wife was going to get rid of all of our uh wedding decorations I thought no I can use the <laughs> dances and then I used them for the book cafe. Yeah, that was good. I like even my middle schoolers loved it. They read different things and their ELA teachers really got into it and thought it was awesome. We played restaurant music real low in the background. It kept it calm. <laughs> so I think it was just because it's something new and different. I think the trick is to not doing it tons. Like I'm yeah. not doing it at my elementary school, but next year I will. Like I did it yeah. last year. This yeah, year, I agree. Videos of the new books, and they really liking watching the videos. Yeah. And they're wanting to know how did I move those books that fast? Because I've not taught them that you can speed up your videos. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I, of course, this is my first time with them, and they've never done a book tasting. And on okay. our uh, smart board TV thing, I played a fireplace from YouTube with classical music, and the kids are like, "It's so cozy in here." And anybody that walks in is like, what are you doing? Because I did the whole Starbucks cafe 
I got, I had already had bought some stuff from teach pay teachers before put some stuff on our, made some stuff with the poster maker and put it on the doors and just really hammed it up and it set the mood. So I think that's another do is do decorate Mm -hmm. with some things that are cheap, but also hearty laminate some things Mm -hmm. do set the mood. I think um, that's a good idea. I've done book tasting musical chairs with my sixth graders before, and that was fun and was less work. I love this activity because once we get in there, it's not any work. It's super easy. It's just the in-between classes setting things up and cutting out a thousand, 1200 bookmarks. If you can do a transformation in your library or even in your classroom, the kids love it. I've done research safaris before. I've done the book tasting and all that. And your principal likes it because they think it's fun. And your teachers are like, ooh, what are you doing in here? Yes. Every time somebody walks in, what are you doing? I love this. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of compliments about about it. So those are some notes. Yeah, I've never done a book tasting before. You should. My kids Well, this is, this is, the tricky part is my school is very high EL. So our, our like reading levels are like everywhere, way low or like high. It's just, they're all over the place. And so I think it would be really difficult to find books that would work for like the whole class. I know a lot of people that do nonfiction book tasting and that might, or even picture books. Yeah, I think if I did it, I would have to be picture books. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm, I don't know. I probably could do it because all my kindergarten and first grade, they all go towards the princess books, the superhero books, you know, all of those. And so I could, I think you do it with picture books. Mm -hmm. I did fantasy, historical fiction, realistic fiction, mystery, and adventure. That sounds about like the ones I, the categories I did too. And they were, they were, I mean, it was eighth graders. It's super hard to impress eighth graders. I'm not going to say they were impressed, but even my rowdiest class, I was like, this will be the test. And they were really good and they did it. I mean, there was a few like fake reading, but for the most part, after a while, they just did it because there was nothing else to do, but read. So, and they took books. They, They were like, I like this book. And I was like, I knew you would. I no idea. <laughs> and I think they're just impressed that you went through all the trouble of doing a transformation to set the mood and yeah, all that. I think so too. I think that is a big thing. So that's some some programming. Caitlin, you got any programming ideas for us before we wrap it up? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this actually is something I did today, which I know Blake uses this a lot, but I did a lot of novel effect today. Ooh. So I have, we have three pre-K classes at my school and I've always loved doing it, but this year there is one class that is awful. <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to describe always it one. any other way. And they, this is like the worst pre-K class we've ever had. It's, oh, pre-K. they just have all that, the maybe. personalities. They're super chatty and like, I can like barely talk because they're talking so much. Like it's it's bad like it's bad (laughs) and today I read Dragons Love Tacos with novel effect and they were glued to the book even we we have like this one kid 
who's kind of the catalyst, but there are some other friends that, you know, are the same thing, but he was right next to the speaker, but he was listening. He was watching, <laughs> but he likes to, he likes to move around like everywhere, all over the carpet, not sit and like, I don't think he touched his spot today. He was everywhere, but in his spot, <laughs> but he was listening. He was glued. So novel effect for the win. I've heard awesome. some people say they do not like novel effect because it distracts, but mine's the total opposite that glues them in. So. Mine really like it. And I also read, that's what I read with pre-K today. And then I read one of my all-time favorite picture books that I told Blake about because he didn't know about it. This is not my hat. Nice. And I read it with novel effect. And it was a little tricky because the last like three pages don't have any words. Mm. And so when I was reading it, I was like, ah, this is not... Like where I was on the page did not like, didn't have, like when I ended up the at the end of the book, there was like nothing, there was no sounds. And I was mm. like, that's a little tricky. Cause there's nothing to like mm-hmm. anchor ourselves into the book. If that makes any sense, if you used yeah. novel effect. So I don't know if I love using novel effect with that book. That's the first book that I've come across. That's like that though. Right. I used it today to do um, Henry's Freedom Box. Oh, it's so good with Henry's mm. Freedom Box. Um, and I also did it with Kindergarten. We did Strictly No Elephants. It's it's really good with that book, too. If you've not read those two books, mm. get two books. You've not read either one of them? Well, no, I've read Henry's Freedom Box, okay. but okay. not with novel effect. It, it's so but good. I don't know about, you said Strictly F- Elephants? Strictly No Elephants. Oh, Strictly No Elephants. For kind of... Um, yeah, it's really good. But um, the one with Henry's Freedom Box, it really adds to it. And the kids are glued to it because it's Henry's Freedom Box is such a powerful book anyways that it really mm-hmm. um, just adds to it all. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. We don't have cool things like that in middle school. <laughs> Listen, Katie, you know my speech. You can read a picture book in middle school. Yes, you can. We, we did a picture book of the week and they had to dissect it. They had to talk about the figurative language in it. They had to talk about this. They had to talk about that, blah, 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 blah to make yes. those RLR standard, RLRI standards. Yes. One of my favorite things that I've done with, with seventh grade is they wrote their own picture books for their ELA class. And then they went yeah. to the elementary school and read them. So Ooh, I got to do the introduction. I got to read a picture book and I got to talk about all the picture book things and all the things they should include and it just was so much fun and a teacher who was like a really veteran teacher he was like that's the best lesson I've ever had outside of my classroom and I was like wow wow that was quite the compliment so it was a lot of fun of course it was the legend of rock paper scissors you can't go wrong with that book I also read that today (laughs) seventh graders when you say but they're just like oh my gosh even the kindergartners when they when you say but everybody I actually this is what I did actually today I did something different for kindergarten today I well I found out today that rock paper scissors has novel effect that goes with it but what I did was we have some talking books which are books with this little basically an mp3 player like attached to it that reads the book aloud and I remember we had these books they were like it, when I was a kid, they they had books like this, and it would make a noise for you to turn the page. And um, we're on record. Yes, there was those, Maybe but then there were also other know. ones that were similar. I'm gonna have to look up a picture and show you. You'll know the time to turn the page. When you <laughs> yes, the so 
what I did was I talked about like what an audiobook was and what an ebook was. And so I showed the ebook on the screen and mm-hmm. we listened to the audiobook. I didn't read the talking book part just because it was, I was like, oh, it'll be better if it's like big on the screen. And mm-hmm. so we, that's fun. We read Rock, Paper, Scissors, Legend of Rock, Paper, Scissors while we listened to it. So that was fun because that guy does a, the voice is way better than I can. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, our last segment is questions and we didn't really, questions, people. we didn't really get any questions. The only question we got, we didn't, we couldn't answer. <laughs> Well, should we read it or should we just? Well, the question was, how do you teach banned books to your students? And we all said we don't. So if you have a good way that you teach banned books, I've just talked about it before and I've done a display, but I've never like taught it. So if you have, and I think the person that asked the question actually has taught it because I remember (laughs) telling me before. So um, you are, we know who you are. Um, so maybe you have some good ideas you can shoot at us and we can talk about it next time. But we were chatting about binning, binning the books because I I had this question I posed on my Instagram for my, you know, many followers, (laughs) (laughs) please follow me. Um, was I in middle school? What do you think about putting books in bins in middle school? especially nonfiction. I have this bottom shelf. I have most of my nonfiction is on two, this two shelf um, shelf. It just has two shelves. So I have to use the bottom, which is hard, especially middle schoolers are taller than kinders. Um, And I thought, what if I put them all in bins and then they could even pick the bin up and put it on top of the shelf and look through it. I put my football books in a bin and I've seen some kids going through them. And so I wonder, I'd love to know other people's opinions. If you're in middle school, if you've ever been books and then Blake has questions too. This isn't like middle school, but I, I only have one bin for nonfiction and it's for all my, who would win blank versus blank books because they all love that type of book, but they end up getting shelved in a million different places because it's like, tigers versus lions and then there's this dinosaur versus this dinosaur or this shark versus this shark and they're all over the place there but they're like I want a who would win book and I'm like well here's the basket for it and I put who would win and there's like a couple I think from like capstone or something that's like hyena versus something wolf I forget so all the ones that are like kind of like that I all put together that's the only thing that I've like put into a bin but I do have an NFL series that I've kind of put on the same shelf but it's not like organized in the dewey like alphabetical system because then it's all split up so i like pulled it out and i put it like on the shelf but like on the side yeah so it's i guess i could put it in a bin i did the who the versus books the who would win books in a tub as well and did you know kaleidoscope has come out with a whole series copyright 2023 just caught them in today Mm, fancy i'll look on your instagram for it later at my other school, I did some bins on top of the shelf that was kind of like that. Like we had these series that were like um, all these different um, inventions 
or yeah. all the social media and I kind of put them on top and that was pretty good, but I'm seriously considering all of it on the bottom shelf. Binning it all. What do you think? That's too much, maybe. I enjoy is it. Is it organized by Dewey or is it a it different? Is. Okay. It is organized by Dewey, except for like in the sports, I just put them into their sport and I make my own in that section. It's in military. I do that too. But for the most part, it's in Dewey. I just, no one shops the bottom shelf and it's really hard to get down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I'm old. I banned my, I started with my everyone section and I did all the popular authors and popular series like Matt Barnett, Clifford, Franklin, uh, Charlie Ranch Dog, Biscuit. Biscuit has made a return at my school this year. Not at my school. Send me all your biscuits. Love me some biscuits. <laughs> I don't have that many. I only have like three or four, but. My kids love And I think it's because I tubbed them. I bend them. I they bet. did it before that. So anyway, so I did that. I think we should coin this. This is our, you know, everyone turned like genrefication into a thing. We yeah. are the binners. Benification. Benification. <laughs> yeah. Benification. That's going to be our session. Binning yeah, I mean, I've been like a few things, but I, um, I guess Blake kind of saw some of them when I, when he came to visit, but I have like all the prince, all the Disney princesses and all of the regular Disney and all of the superheroes and all of the Thomas, the tank engine. My kids love um, Thomas. I don't know why, but they do. Um, that's wild. So Blake, you're thinking about bending your nonfiction. Yeah. So, so? That, so I don't want to necessarily be in fiction, but I think I want to be in nonfiction. And what I want to do is still keep it in due order, make the label for the front of the bin and put all of the uh, football books in one, all the basketball mm-hmm. books, all the cheer in one, all of your sharks, all of your spiders, all of this, all of that. Um, you can have too many bins, but I'm not going to bend it all. Yeah. That's my, my problem. The is freaked out by it. But I told her, remember, there's a method to all my madness. And if we don't like it, we'll come back. And I'm not going to take it out of Dewey order. And a lot of people are going away from Dewey, and that's fine. Teach your own. But I just don't want to completely go away from Dewey because your public libraries, most of them are showed by that. I still want them to kind of know what it is to help them out when they get to high school. And I and I know I still want to make my library access, uh, accessible to my kids. And I'm doing that by being but mm-hmm. I'm keeping it on the same shelf, just like with my bins too. Like Matt Barnett is still with the bees, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Charlie the Ranch Dog books are still in the D's. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is just putting the bins on that shelf where it goes. Uh, that's what I did. Like yeah. especially if it's all one number. Like if this is three thirty, or this is all the social justice books. I don't know. I'm gonna have to dig into it more. But I would love. We would love to hear from you. Our listeners, yes. our fans. No, we won't call you fans. Our listeners, do you? What do you think about bending? What is our? What are our thoughts? What should we bend? What should we not bend? Can you have too many bends? Can we coin invitation? Because I think you can have too many genres in the fiction section. I've seen it. It gets too confusing too. Right. Basically, for people that are trying to help you and volunteer in the library and show and stuff, you don't want it to be too confusing for them. Right. You want it to be accessible, but right. you need some organization. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Is there anything else we want to say or chat about? No, it's my bedtime. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you so much, Caitlin, for being here. 
You're yes. welcome. You're the president, so you make the rules. This has we- been fun. I've been listening to podcasts for like years. Ever. Like, ever, like ever since they came out, like 2007, eight, like, like the when OG. they started. Yes. I listened to a Harry Potter podcast way back in the day. And so oh, awesome. um I but this is the first time I've ever been on one. So that's yeah. That's been fun. Dream come true. This is yeah. us, Blake and Katie, making dreams come true. <laughs> That's what we're all about on the Tassel Talks. Did you all know that there's an author podcast? I saw what? it at some group. Yes. I've listened. I've got of, what do you mean by an author podcast? Like authors get together and chat about Arthur. their books? Arthur. The Arthur. 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 Yes. Oh. That's wow. wild. Yeah. So I'm going to leave listen to that podcast. I did listen to like five and a half hours. No nine hours of podcast on my way to alabama shout out Dang. good for you yeah so and i listened to a couple of books awesome well thanks guys for listening um next month look for us again we will have some more tassel information some great things maybe a special guest who knows what we're going to do. And hopefully we'll have a good announcement about the state library coordinator. We are still waiting with faded breath to find out who that person is. And we'll have some updates from the tassel board meeting, which is going to be happening this weekend. So stay tuned for all those things. Thank you so much for joining us. See y'all next. Well, not see y'all. Uh, well, you might see us. Yeah. If you're listening to or watching on YouTube. <laughs> Bye guys. All right. Bye everybody. Happy reading.